Let's go. Okay, we're going. Um, <laughs> you're now listening to the Poptimist Podcast, and today we have... Caroline Bowman. Gary Brannigan. Of Cold Lunch Recordings. So tell me a little bit about... Did I say that right? It's Cold Lunch Recordings, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. Totally. Tell me a little bit about Cold Lunch, how it got started, and how you got involved with it. You want to take this one? You're pretty good. Um, sure. <laughs> we started Palaver Records back in 2009, and uh, just kind of wanted to move on to rock and roll, and work with the music that we really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, not that we didn't like any of the Palaver tunes, but um, we just kind of moved on from that. And then we started Cold Launch, and it's just been moving since, almost two years. Two years. And so how does, would you guys consider yourself a record label, or how would you really classify what it is that you do? I feel like we're in this weird in-between territory where it's one part management company and one part record label, so can yeah. you talk a little bit about that? It's tough because we do try to do so much stuff in-house. It keeps costs down, and uh, we kind of like to have our hands in everything that we can, um, but record label for sure. We like to put out vinyl and cassettes, physical copies of things. Um, we also like to put on shows. That's a big part of how we fund that stuff. Um, so, like, we do... Oh, God. How many events did we do last year, do you think? Probably three or four pretty big ones. Yeah. Bigger ones. And um, a ton of small ones. House shows. and uh, That's very East Coast. Yeah. House parties and... Anywhere up to pretty much any venue in uh, in East Nashville, and sometimes in Mercy Lounge and places like that. That's really cool. Um, so I've had in the past one of your uh, one of your artists on, um, well, DZ and um, and Alex came on um, from what is the name of their band again? I Sad forgot. Sad Baxter. Sad Baxter. That's it. Yeah, Sad Baxter. It, they're it like my me. favorites. Yeah, they're really good. So I actually I got to know them through um, Wyatt Funderburk, if you know him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, he produced them. Mm-hmm. So I knew him from, I'm from Maine originally, and there's this guy up in Maine, his name's Kurt Baker, and he works a lot with him. So mm-hmm. I had heard them, and I thought, wow, this is really good rock music for being out of Maine. And then I saw Wyatt was down here in Nashville, I moved down here, I kind of got to know him. But yeah, there's a lot of cool music going on in this city right now. Yeah, um, all kinds of different stuff, like... Um, I'm glad that's not just country anymore and that people are starting to notice that that's what we're working at. It's really a, a mixture of everything. So um, I imagine because you guys are so involved with everything, the way that you're kind of finding artists is just by seeing them play live. Is that accurate? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, a lot of internet stuff. We're online a lot. So we try to keep tabs on who's doing what and touring and whatever. There's... There are a lot of bands being very active in town right now, so. Yeah, I think that's one of the beauties of Music Row kind of losing its power or losing its own legs to stand on because it's making musicians more resilient and they're really the ones who have to decide what direction their career is going. And cue someone like what you guys are kind of doing where you're running 
as the middleman and almost like the shield, the protector for someone like that. Because you guys are also an independent uh, entity. So, yeah, I think it's, it's kind of changed the entire dynamic of how music is being made now. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think the digital stuff is what's causing the big change. Um, because as much as big record labels are going to want to fight, like the, the way, the dynamic of the new way of music discovery, it's never going back. We're never going back to uh, people just going to a store and buying CDs that they don't know about. Like, it's going to be digital. That's going to be how you find your music and we just kind of lean into that like uh get them out there as much as possible get them on the road and just help help bands get in front of people that's a big part of our job i guess that's very insightful is that just something that you've garnered over time or is this have you always been kind of an entrepreneur did you grow up in entrepreneurial families that kind of pushed you to find your own way or where did that come from, do you think? Um, I guess we're both kind of free thinkers. We're not really straight and narrow kind of folks, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I, my, my parents were not entrepreneurs at all. Um, just uh, didn't want to do the normal type of job, really. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I think... I was driving over here at... Do you ever go to Texas, the barbecue place? Where Where is that at? It's right <laughs> off Fessler's. I've never been there, no. Oh, I got fired there once. <laughs> really? Yeah. What'd you get fired for? Uh, I don't know. It just, uh, it just wasn't my thing, really. Yeah. The usual, just, it, uh, just a, a work breakup, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I, I've got a couple different jobs, and I do this and music stuff on the side, and I feel like I can never, ever give it 100% when I'm working just because I'm always, like, on the side trying to hustle, trying to do something, yeah. taking phone calls, say, hey, what's up? Yeah, are we, are we meeting tonight? What's going on? Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> That was my problem, too. Yeah. It's just like, fuck what you're doing. You know, the thing that really made me makes me feel that way is I'm helping someone else get money. I'm, I am on a bottom rung of the ladder and I'm helping someone else up above me. I'm giving, I'm part of their vision, part of their plan. And I don't want to be, I want to be entirely on my own and make my own decisions and have my own freedom to make money. And it's not even that money is all that important to me, but money unfortunately equals freedom. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I'm really grateful for all the jobs that I've had because they've taught me a lot about myself and a lot about life, but sometimes I just wonder, you know. I worked at um, Gaylord Opryland as oh, a concierge no. for yeah. like three years when I first moved here, and it was driving me insane. Like, no, I guess they just did not, a corporate place like that, they don't celebrate individual, oh, you know, no, creativity or no. anything they could give. I don't know, can you curse on Yeah, you can absolutely okay. curse, yeah. <laughs> they could give a shit, like, if I had an idea about something or an opinion, it did not matter. It's just it's shut up, why are you talking to us yeah, right now? I'm this like, isn't... oh, yeah, you're right, I should just go repeat this script that you've given me to tell these people over and over again every day for my whole life, you know. 
so this is way better. I mean, we get to do things that we care about and work with people that we care about. So it's fun. When did you have you made the leap to where you're you're off doing this 100 percent of the time now? I did some web stuff and uh, like web uh, design and random database entry type work and the just as it comes along pretty much. Okay, so you do that kind of like freelance? Yeah. That's a good skill to have. That's like the yeah. most valuable skill to have today. It's it gets overwhelming the the amount of stuff there is. Like I'm not even that good at it. I, mm. I could put up a website and uh-huh. make that happen, but people are doing some crazy stuff with that. Do you know anything about Bitcoin? Have you guys <laughs> I've listened to part of the Joe Rogan podcast about it. Oh yeah. I still I, I just don't I understand know. the concept of it, yeah. but you haven't got deep into I it. I don't yet. know enough to really invest and it's going like the way it's raising right now that all the uh the Bitcoin haters are, are saying it's gonna tank, it's gonna tank. It's all the big banks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. don't invest in this. It's like the, the record labels with the indie labels mm-hmm. is like, don't worry about them. They can't do anything. They don't have any money. They don't have any power. But when there's 2,000 of you and you all say, fuck you, we're not going to be a part of your system at once, then yeah. that's how you over overthrow. That's the power of the internet. Yeah. That's what's happening now. Power to the people. Yeah. It's getting returned to the people. We're living in an interesting time. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Things are equaling out. It's been insane the past couple of months, especially. I would say really the past year or two years, I think things have just gotten into an insane level of... It feels like we're in a parallel universe right now. I agree. It really does. I remember <laughs> no, no, uh, no political stance or anything like that for me personally, but I remember when Trump took office... It felt like it was a reboot of one of the timelines. <laughs> and it's and it just like, this is our timeline now. And there's an alternate universe where I, I feel like there's just infinite possibilities of things that are happening. How do I get stuck in this one? This one's weird. It's weird. For sure. <laughs> it's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. Well, uh, I like to think that things will even out. My dad always says the, the pendulum and it'll swing one way and swing I believe back. That. And I hope. It's going back hard then. Oh, yeah. We went way far this time. This is this is a weird one, but. It's been so strange. I mean, really, even thinking back to the summer of the election when that, uh, the clown sightings were happening. Yeah. How fucking bizarre is that? It's like this American uh, symptom. <laughs> this, it was like this, this psychological symptom that all of these people were experiencing. It was like for one second, universally, Despite political leanings or views, everyone just said no to the clowns. <laughs> no to the clowns. No one wanted to I fucking mean, deal yeah. with the clowns. Yeah. I never did get the end story on that. Like, what What was the deal if it was one guy or a bunch of people? or? I think people just started doing it after the first person did. Oh. Yeah. Like Copycats. Freaky and cool. Yeah, really it's bizarre. Get beat or I'm sure a lot. I'm sure a lot of people got beat and shot for it. Yeah. Can you imagine them doing that in East Tennessee or something like yeah. that? Just like. I don't think it would last long after. True that. hillbillies, you know, just like <laughs> picking people off when they see them in a clown outfit. Yeah. 
I love the the cops responses to it too cuz the cops were just basically like, "Well, if you're going to dress up in a clown costume, <laughs> it's kind of on you." Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. <laughs> so sad though. I wonder how the first guy started. I'm going to have to google that later. I remember um, the first one that I heard was it was these children in South Carolina and this clown tried to lure them into the woods. Oh, spooky. Yeah, and they went. And then after, I remember seeing that as the first report. And then like two weeks into it, it all the clown sightings started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they did a lot of plays like that. Like, I don't know if you're into American Horror Story or anything. I saw briefly some of the things. It was like a cult, right? Yeah, and they all dressed up as clowns. It was... It's very scary. Was there like some uh, some allegory for the modern times or something like that that yeah. it was trying to talk about? And it was all very political too. Like the cult leader was a politician. Uh huh. Classic. Young guy. Yeah, it's this whole thing. Uh, not their best season, but would watch again. It's fun. I watched this season of American Horror Story where um, they were at the mental institution because mm -hmm. my friends used to used to always watch it. So just. By proxy, I was there, so I, I saw it. But uh, that TV show, it reminds me, if Marilyn Manson was a TV show, that's what he would be. Oh, yeah, maybe like a little more uh, uh, new, was it new metal? I would consider him new metal. Yeah, well, he's maybe at one point. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I only know the hits. Hit? He, it's like a... A shock rocker of a, of a TV show. Yeah. It's just going for it all the time. It's like every episode there's going to be something where it's like, they can put that on TV. I watched it with my parents because I've been home for a few months uh, and like get it. I've been kind of sick and like we watch that and sometimes I'm like, oh no, I have to sit here and watch this with you. It's so weird. What is the weirdest thing that you saw on the on the show that you had to sit with them with? Oh, I'm trying to think uh, if there was any sex stuff. Any sex stuff, especially being from Alabama, we just don't talk about that. <laughs> I, I never got the talk. We don't mention. It's always weird. Even kiss, like very passionate kisses in movies, it's just awkward to me. <laughs> yeah, it is awkward in general with a parent around. Yeah. Yeah, nobody nobody wants to be with their parents during a really steamy hot sex scene. <laughs> You're like, well... Uh, Don't know what's going on right now. I've never seen this before in my life. What are they doing? It's weird. They're married, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. Um, so you guys have the co-drive coming up on... Mm -hmm. when, when is it again? January 13th? Yeah. So how did you get started with the, uh, with the co-drive? This is the second one that you're having? Uh, we did something similar. We worked with a friend of ours on this this one a couple of years ago, probably about five years ago now, and she did it at her uh, design shop. It was Epiphany at the time, I think. Down, it's not far from here, um, and it was it was pretty cool. So we've we've been trying to do more to give back to the community. Do what we can anyway. That's great. We did a couple. Uh, well, I guess we did a fundraiser for Planned Parenthood and ACLU back mm -hmm. in the spring when all that the stuff went down with the 
defunding and yeah. whatever. I don't even know what happened with that, but they seem to be... It all just kind of disappears after a minute yeah. in today's world. Is like everything just kind of goes into yeah. this abyss and then we don't hear about it again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like the Vegas shooter, that's another one. It's just like no one's mm-hmm. talked about that. Yeah, well, I think they're pretty happy with their narrative about that. I'm, I'm kind of into conspiracies, so... I'm, Good, so am I. <laughs> I always feel like, I'm like, I sound crazy right now. I know I do, but uh, it's just always fun to think about alternate storylines, like what really happened, you know. But that was a big one. There's a way that we're told, and then there's a way that it happens. Mm-hmm. Rarely are they the, the same. The same, right? yeah. I it's, think anyway. It's got to fit the narrative in order to sell. Yeah, we're and always to keep trying to sell. The yeah. mass is calm. I think a lot of it. Uh, I think people get freaked out as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I was definitely freaked out after the the Vegas shooting because it's just like, especially being in Nashville and doing music and everything like that. Yeah. Just like scared that you go to ascend one night and then maybe you don't come home. Mm-hmm. Like, that guy, what was even his motive? No one knows still. Mm-mm. He was just, I mean, the music was bad, yes, but no, <laughs> one, but no one should have to have to suffer that. But, yeah, he, uh, he just fucking murdered those people in cold blood, and then all of a sudden it just dropped off the radar. It was like the hottest thing for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then eventually it just left the consciousness of our culture and then something else happened mm-hmm. five things have even happened since then mm-hmm. i don't believe anything they say i'm skeptical <laughs> me too <laughs> that's why i like podcasts though yeah yeah because we know they lie about some things so yeah you never really know what they're not lying about yeah exactly it's like being in a being in a relationship and it's at the <laughs> end at the end of it and it's like well he said he was going out but with some friends, <laughs> but where is he really going? Yeah, you get that little feeling. Yeah, Something's that's suspicious. Weird. Something's not right. But then you get crazy. You start making collages on your wall with the strings, and you can't. Yeah. Can't tell heads from tails. That's how they want. <laughs> I used to think that chaos was the the natural state of the universe over existence, but I'm starting to realize. It's harmony. We're always trying to get back in tune. Like I feel like there's a bunch of sound waves going like this all the time, and every now and then two sound waves co- cross and things become peaceful for a moment, and then they go like that again. Mm-hmm. But it's always yeah. kind of changing. Yeah, but it's it's nice to know that you're, uh, I guess you're inside, so I don't know what whatever you feel like you should call that, uh, is always looking for that like being drawn to the calm and the peace and the happiness i hope at least i believe so (laughs) i think you're totally right about that i think it's human nature we're all wired so differently yet so the same we're all the same thing Mm -hmm. and i feel the internet has really shown that uh Oh, we are all the same thing, and this is how we communicate. It's like humanity's one organism on the internet. Yeah, yeah. It's. Um, I was listening to somebody talk about how you can, how they're studying now, like tweets and uh, words and patterns and things like that. But like studying us as a whole, 
People are different on the internet. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that must be a weird thing to study, just seeing like a normal person be a complete idiot on the internet. Yeah. I miss your, uh, that one, that one Instagram account. Oh, that guy? Yeah. Gary used to have a very interesting Instagram account. He was uninvited from Instagram. <laughs> whoa, whoa, what, uh... You, this was an account you were running? Yeah, it was like a, a joke account. And did they banned you? <laughs> oh, that was so good. What did they ban you for? Oh, I broke their rules. I, I can't remember. <laughs> I, I think it was probably a picture... Of Naked Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and... If you haven't seen that picture, just Google that. I guess body paint is not considered... <laughs> Clothing? A sensor. So <laughs> you don't think those are real, do you? I mean, the bodies. I don't know. I think they are. Yeah. I think it's... I think they just did a... Um, like a match to it. Mm -hmm. Or edited it. Somehow. It still makes me feel funny inside to think about. Well, speaking of Instagram, do you guys want to plug all your uh, your social media? That oh, way yeah, people know how to sure. how to find you? Yeah, I think we're we're Cold Lunch Recordings on Facebook and Instagram. I think we're Cold Spew on Twitter. You're pretty much in charge of that Twitter account. It's pretty entertaining when I go check it out. Um, yeah, Cold Spew. <laughs> We're on Facebook and coldlunchrecordings.com Yeah. As well. Yeah, and you can order our stuff there, too. I noticed your calendar. You're going to need a new one. Sometime. I know, yeah. You yeah. should order one of ours. We're putting out a calendar. I like, uh, I like yeah. your, I like the way you hustle. <laughs> I like your sales technique. Very smooth. It's exciting. You found my need. Well, yeah, and I'm here to fill it. So. Perfect. I'll buy one. Yeah. Absolutely. How it's, much are you selling them for? It's our bands. They're like, what, 12 bucks? Yeah. Very reasonably priced. Yeah, and you're gonna love it. It's all every page is a different band or group that we work with often, and so it's all people we really love. And so every month you'll have a new band right in your face. It's great. Awesome. Are they all Nashville bands? Uh huh. That's very cool. Yeah, it's fun. There's a really cool scene here, kind of going back to what you were talking about earlier, where there's all these different artists that are here now, like. Some bands that I really like here right now are Justin and the Cosmics, Thumb and the Sleaze, Alana mm -hmm. Royale. Thumb uh, one of our bands. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah they're that ba they're badass. Oh, they're, okay. I think, maybe the best live band in, in Nashville. <laughs> oh, LG is all energy all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like, she's, she's a crazy person in the best way. Like, it's funny. I always think that uh, she knows she's she's famous and we just don't know it yet. Like, she's a rock star, and the rest of the world just hasn't caught on. But She's, she's awesome. Yeah. I saw them open at uh, for Charles Bradley at Exit Inn. Oh, that's and great. That, that was my first exposure to them, and I thought, wow. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. Uh, was she wearing anything? Exciting? She was wearing a jumpsuit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It reminds me of Silk Spectre from <laughs> The Watchmen. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, she was wearing that. I guess last time I saw her play, too, opening for Bermuda Triangle, which is Bernie Howard's project, side project, other side project. She has a couple. Very um, nice. Yeah, it's great. They're super energetic, and now she's, she's always 
interchanging the band, uh -huh. which I find interesting. And she always finds really great players and cool girls, so it's fun. Well, sometimes dudes, every now and then. They used to strike me um, as the toughest, meanest band in Nashville. And I say that in the best way possible. They're like the Ramones in 1975. There's that feel to them where it's like when they walk in the room, they're a fucking gang. I was scared to death of her the first time I met her. That was our my first pitch for Cold Lunch. And uh, I'd never met her before. And I didn't really know what I was talking about yet. So I'm just there at Duke's trying to... Trying to talk her into working with us, you know, and I was just scared to death. Somehow, somehow I got through it, and we're I think we're, we might be putting out another tape with the, her soon. Yeah. A split for a tour. But, um, yeah, we love them too. <laughs> That's very exciting. So, a split for another, they're going on tour. It seems like Thelma in the Sleeves is always on tour. Yeah. yeah. Or they're playing in Nashville, one of the two. Yeah. Um, Which is great. That's how you got to play it these days. Oh yeah, you can you cannot just take time off. Time mm -hmm. off is death, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I admire the. This brings in another thing that I kind of like about Nashville is the Nashville grind. If you're here and you're a musician or you're trying to do something musical, you are grinding, and you are trying to hone your skill. Um, I feel like music in general. It's a craft that you have to hone, and it's not just the music, the mm -hmm. playing of the music. It's everything else is that the skill to gain. Yeah, you have to have all different parts of it. Like, yeah, you have to be a good musician because everybody watching you is probably at least a little bit of a musician and like can tell if you're really bad. So you need to have that part, but you also have to be um, friendly off stage, like always making connections and. Uh, playing all the time, but not too much. Um, that's a fine line that we see bands trying to walk a lot. Um, of not trying to burn themselves out and yeah. play all the time and just be everywhere at once. Yeah. And I know it's tough, especially for brand new bands. They're like, we need every single person in this town to see us. And we're like, yeah, but just space it out a little. And in, in context, yeah. is that kind of your philosophy? Um, that's what we had to do. Our first year was just like show, 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 show every all the time. Yeah. We had like we realized it kind of worked just like a band if they're playing too much. Your friends only come out to one of the shows instead of all three that week. <coughs> <coughs> so we ended up in that same boat basically. Just we were doing a lot of really cool shows, but it was just way too much. Now we space them out and do more. Like we'll do, we'll do usually like one big one a month or so. Like January's the coat drive. February. Spewfest. Spewfest. Spewfest three. I did see that on Facebook. Yeah. February tenth. Yeah. Where's that going to be at? The Cobra. Cobra and East Room. It's both both rooms at Cobra. Oh, so it was like a mini festival kind mm -hmm. of. Three stages for this one. Yeah. Wow, the you guys are really great. hustling. Respect. That's Trying to put it together one week at a time. Yeah. One gig at a time. Spewfest. Oh, yeah, that, that is a hell of a show. It really is. <laughs> so how did that start? Um, well, when we were still running Palover Records, we had a weekly show. We did it every Thursday for almost four years at Cobra. We started it in 
January, I guess, 2013, and when we hit the three-year mark, we wanted to do like a huge show, so we were like, let's get a bunch of bands and uh, book both stages of Cobra, and it was FUBAR at that point, right? Mm -hmm. FUBAR. Yeah. Oh, FUBAR. Sometimes I still slip and call it that. Oh, I do. <laughs> and then we said, uh, we figured we should probably get the East Room, too, because it was right there, easily accessible, like just a walk across Gallatin, um, which is a lot less dangerous than it seems. <laughs> it's like a game of Frogger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do Hop it around. super wasted a bunch of times that day. But we, I guess we'll both... I'm not drinking this year, which is lame. But, so I'll be able, I'll lead the masses. Time. You yeah. can you can shepherd everybody yeah. between the two. <laughs> we really probably need one of those anyway. Yeah, I've yeah. never seen Stewfest sober. Yeah. <laughs> Me either, but it'll be good. The bands. I don't know if you saw the lineup yet, but who's who's gonna be playing? Oh my god, it's what 30, 30 bands. Ended thirty bands. Thirty one. There's a secret <laughs> band that I forgot to uh, account for. Do I know the secret band? Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> it's really it's exciting. Uh, let's see. We got the Jag. We're the Jag. The Jag. Daddy issues. Yeah. Keeps. Huh. Keeps. Idle Bloom. Mm hmm. Reality something. Sad Baxter. Microwave too. Mountain. Yeah. I know there's, we're forgetting some. There's so. Oh, uh, there's thirty one. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Is this just all bands that you know from around town that you've? We've got quite a few out-of-town bands yeah. this year, too. This is our uh, first time. We were trying to spread it out a bit, and it, it was really difficult booking because it was like, who have we not had on, on Spewfest before? So we didn't want to do anything similar to what we've done before, so it was finding who hasn't played it, or there's a few that have played the first one or we try to not to get any bands from the last time just to keep it fresh and we ended up with a bunch of extra spots and started looking out of town um we've got uh coming from brooklyn uh, boa is coming from louisville lady legs is where alabama right birmingham or somewhere. Mm -hmm. We got Harlan from Memphis and Leggy from Ohio. And isn't there's one more Spirit Week, right? Yeah. From Bowling Green. How do you guys know all these bands? Is it just bands that you've heard online that you like and you're like, hey, we want to have you? Are. Yeah. Uh, like the one from Alabama. I've really, since I'm from there, I really wanted to... Uh, support that scene too as much as I could from afar so I like to kind of keep updated on what's going on down there but some of it's like um, people that I've gone on tour with other bands that we work with or we've seen them on social media stuff and liked what yeah. they were doing or people will hit us up for a show yeah. that's, that's how we made a lot of our friend bands from out of town just we kind of, when we stopped, decided to stop doing all the shows, we've kind of been basing all of any show that we do 
within, you know, I think we only did two or three shows last year with all local bands. We wait, and bands will hit us up randomly, and then we'll find a date and find bands to work around that. So we haven't, just to, again, keep it fresh, because we were booking what I, we, I guess we figured the same shows all the time, same different band, or same bands from the same group of people. Um, you got to get people to come out, so you got to change it up sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep it fresh. That's we always try to try to keep it fresh. But we're kind of a a niche, more of a niche than we were with Palaver. So there's a lot less bands that we can work with in that in that realm. Well, what would you say that the spaces that you guys occupy or the or the niche that you you go for? How would you describe it? Like garage? Garage rock. We dip into the psych rock too. Um, The psych alliance is really, they go a lot further into it, but we work with them a lot on on that. Uh, Like psych stuff. We like lo fi mostly. Yeah. Have you. uh, Punk rock. Yeah. Have you listened to Dead So before? Um, I know the name. Yeah. You should check them out. I had them on the podcast before, but Steven. Who's the singer and guitar player, and Grant, who's the drummer? They're they're both from Alabama. Hmm. Oh, nice. But they're a Nashville band, um, and they're fucking cool. We've worked with them on uh, a whole bunch of Palaver shows. Really? They played our last show ever. Oh yeah. Desa, we've yeah. been we've worked with them a whole bunch of times with the Thursday night stuff. Yeah. They're uh, it's uh, Madison so working with them? I believe so, yeah. I, I actually, I tried to catch them a few months ago. It was over the summer at uh, at the basement. Hmm. The one beneath Grimey's. Mm-hmm. And I went there, and um, they were already done playing. <laughs> but I saw them, I was like, yo, what's up? But yeah, they're a really good band. Uh, I feel like they're one of the bands in Nashville who really is good at uh, doing both, like, playing and using, like, new technology and trying new mm. things out because they, they kind of remind me of Tim and Paula in a way but they're way more they have like more of a metal edge to them and a sense of humor to them that I feel like Tim and Paula doesn't have mm. I love Tim and Paula yeah did you see them when they came to the Ryman a few years ago uh actually yeah I did and then I saw them at Bonnaroo that I guess it was that summer um but two totally different experiences. Really? Far, yeah, and like, it was great at the ramen. Everybody's great at the ramen. I've never seen a show at the ramen. And I was like, ugh. I was, okay, I guess. So it was it was great. Um, but Bonnaroo was like... Another level? Yeah. It was, Way more mushrooms probably at Bonnaroo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For everybody. Uh, yeah, there's like confetti and crazy people. There was this this group of people next to us that was just shouting at this pineapple the whole time. I don't know. There's so many things happen at Bonnaroo. Have you done Bonnaroo? I haven't yet. I Maybe this summer I'll go. Yeah, <laughs> I stumbled into it. I did not plan to go. Um, but I do think everybody should go once at least. Gary, have you done it yet? I've been to three of them, oh, actually. Really? 2000. Four, actually, I came down from New York. Oh yeah. Who played that year? Bob Dylan. Oh wow. <laughs> the Dead. Oh. It was damn. Like at the end of the String Cheese rain, the set <laughs> when they were doing like jam rock. Uh huh. I think they still play now, but they. 
they got really weird and like broke up for a while. Uh huh. So it was like a whole bunch of those um, jam bands when it was still like a jam festival. Yeah. Dead was there when I was there with John Mayer though. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, they have uh, Warren Haynes. Mm. Are you a grateful? Are you a grateful dead fan? Are you a John Mayer fan? Uh, I, I like John's early stuff a lot, actually. Um, I can tolerate his trio stuff. He's a great guitar player. I mean, you can say what you want to. He's he's probably he an can asshole, shred. but yeah, he's great. He can fucking shred. I saw him at Bridgestone actually, because uh, that's the one of the jobs that I work at. I, I work as a supervisor for a third party there, hmm. so I get to I get to hear all the shows and. Um, he was by far the most impressive show I've seen there. I've probably seen yeah. like 40 or 50 shows at Bridgestone, and I think he was the best one. Really? Um, yeah, and just listening to his sound check and the way that he communicated with the band, and like, he knows exactly what he wants, and he's very particular, but once once he gets it, it sounds, it sounds good. Yeah. Where's the sweet spot at Bridgestone? Yeah. The, like the best spot to, to, like the best seats in the house? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would honestly probably say up on the 300 level. I would want to be up top there in the in the back. That's where I was for Hall and Oates and Tears for Fears. I was there, I was, too. Really? Yeah, that I was just, a good show. I just wanted to go and waited till that day and got a $20 ticket outside the door. And, of course, it was as far away as you can possibly <laughs> be. But it sounded so good. Yeah. And I got sit, to sit next to some cool older people. <laughs> and I got to hear them curse. Like, the, um, I don't know. If, I think it was... I think it was Hollinos. One of them. Someone said something about sexy motherfuckers, like, addressing the crowd. And the old people next to me were like, that's us. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) That's awesome. They were having fun. Yeah. Bridgestone's good for that kind of thing. I've seen a few good shows there. That's why I ask, because I've seen some shows where I can't hear anything. What, uh... Kings of Leon was probably not when did you see, what year did you see Kings of Leon there? 2014. Got a mind like a steel trap, I tell you what. Were they good? Saw, yeah, they were pretty good. I feel like they can the, be hit or miss some nights. The sound, it's so hard because you're, like you're either like facing in a weird direction from yeah. the chairs. <laughs> I saw The Who there though, it was really good. Ooh. Dude, I fucking love The Who. Yeah. That was good. I've seen a lot of shows there. Elton John. Oh. That was rough too because we were like way at the top, close to the stage. Yeah, those those are good seats. Luckily, whenever I'm there, I don't really go out there and sit. I just know where to go stand, where the best part is. Because the ushers, they don't really tell me to get out of the way, and if they do, I'm like, I work here, and they don't <laughs> say anything. So, <laughs> but so I'll go in for like a song or two. Roger Waters was there. And that was a great show. Um, yeah, I've gotten to see a ton of free, like, big-name acts there, but mm. Bonnaroo is definitely something that I, I feel like I want to experience. You might as well. I'm, yeah, I'm if I'm going to be living in Tennessee. I don't know how you feel about drugs, but if you if you ever do feel like doing drugs in a very safe space, so I, I've heard that's great. <laughs> I've done mushrooms before. I would do mushrooms there. I know what's up with doing psychedelics. I don't fine. You've never done marijuana before. That's a, that's a pretty good. I've pretty done good marijuana before. Do you guys? Do you guys like uh, like smoking weed? No. Never. Never. Once. 
You felt guilty about it? Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> no, we, uh, we partake. Yeah. When is fucking weed gonna get legalized in Tennessee? How long? What, how long are we gonna do this this stupid dance know. for? I don't know. Well, California just legalized what? Like, I guess as of January first, they're doing just just all out. Yeah, sales. you can get it. Yeah, we're gonna be one of the last states for sure. Uh, I feel I like we'll be the first southern state though. Yeah, you think? I think I so. Especially with the way that Nashville is, I feel like Nashville has a big sway on the, <clears throat> on the rest of the state right now. Yeah, um, I hope so. Yeah. At least I like to think that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm. I get I, it. Both. Yeah, we'll we'll probably be the first. I think you're right about that. But who knows when though? Well, I'm a good luck charm because I've lived in two places, and while I was there, it got legalized. Oh. So well. I lived out in Colorado for a year. I mean, it was pretty much already legal <laughs> out there. But when I was living out there, it became legal recreationally. Mm-hmm. None of the shops were open yet. I had moved away from there because I was getting way too stoned and the weed was way <laughs> too powerful out there. <laughs> and then uh, I'm from Maine, and it got legalized in Maine. It was like the first state in the Northeast to recreationally legalize it. But there's all these fucking moratoriums on shit where you the, the stores are like, the government's like, you have to have this, 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 and this. So they're just making it difficult and just being a, a bitch at the last minute saying yeah. you have to pharma. yeah <laughs> exactly yeah it's got we got to give time for big pharma to get in there oh. so they can profit off of it god yeah i just i guess in my mind i'm just like don't we have other things to worry about we got way more things to worry about than <laughs> if people are smoking weed or not everybody's already smoking weed anyways yeah it's this whole thing like i guess in america we've kind of uh, got this narrow view and uh, we kind of forget that other countries have developed beyond where we are socially, and so like socialized um, medicine and education, we're like, I don't know if that can work, and you're like, no, it can work, and it does work in other countries. They've been doing that for a while. They're totally great over there. I don't know what our problem is. Uh, so I, I hope feel like we'll it's a, it's probably like just a, a lack of. Communication. I feel like, especially in America right now, we're having so many problems communicating with the people, especially if they differ in opinion from us. Mm-hmm. It's like we don't know how to get along or even listen to someone yeah. else, and that's really sad because you can disagree with someone and still really like them, and they can teach you something that you didn't know. Mm-hmm. I think the internet's kind of messing up on that front, as far as especially like Facebook. Because it's targeted now, and the algorithms they think Echo they chamber. know what. Yeah. They think they know what you want to hear, which they do, but that's not necessarily what you need to hear. Yeah. The times, they <laughs> are a-changing. I like this podcast. This is very freeform. We talked about some very interesting and important things. Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate <laughs> that. I, I try and keep it kind of freeform. Sometimes I try and do it more of like a formal interview or something like that, but if I'm not feeling it, like, I just go, like, I'll prep notes sometimes. I'll have a whole notebook full of notes of questions I want to ask. I just throw everything out <laughs> as soon as the conversation starts. So I just want to go with whatever the feel is yeah. when I'm talking to someone. Um, not try and plan things out. Everything's so planned out in this <laughs> place today. It's just got to go here, with the we're flow. Being we're being human beings right now. <laughs> Humans. <laughs> That's what we all are. We're all this this similar sure. organism. We all have the same 
insides. They vary, but we're all the all the same. And I think it's just through experience that we decide what we are. So, I think that's why we like what we do so much is because mostly we just find music that we like and we think other people will like. And we try to get that to people. And then we have parties and we're like, this would be fun to do. We think our friends would like to do this too. We should all just get together and have a party and listen to good music. That's very pure. <laughs> That's and it's true. It's real. <laughs> it's not like the best business plan, probably, but we have I, a great fuck time. Fuck that. I, I think, think it will come. I think the greatest business plan or a thing you can do artistically is just following what's inside of you. That should be your business plan because it's, it's going to constantly grow and change. And I can yeah. tell just from the bands that work with you guys and knowing them a little bit uh kind of spiritually what you're you're aiming for i think you kind of attract what you put out there and it seems that you guys are definitely doing that it seems it seems true that's what i would say it seems pure and i like the diy thing that you guys are doing like that that to me I, i grew up Growing up in the Northeast, that was a huge thing up there. It was just like every band was a DIY band. <coughs> was it like that in Alabama? <laughs> we didn't really have much of a music scene, to be honest. Uh, we had like one little place in the in the whole county that like scene kids could go to try to figure out what the heck we are. Giant ear gauges, yeah. lip rings. Well, not even that. Like we, it was. It's so. Uh, judgy down there like I wore skinny jeans and converse for my high school career mostly and I got called emo like every day and like what why so (laughs) what does it matter and also it's not really it wasn't even accurate it's weird so you didn't have uh (laughs) oh I did well the bangs across your your eye did you have did you have the skunk hair yeah oh yeah well as much as my mom would let me my mom was very like I pretty much had to beg her to let me have bangs like Haley Williams because that's my queen still. She's still the best to me. But, yeah. Did you see them when they played at the Ryman? No, but I got to see them at Exit In. At Exit In? Yeah. Did they do a record release show there or something? No, it was like pre-record release and it was it was this whole thing where you had to go stand in line yourself with cash for the armband. It was like, I have it. Yeah, it's like, I mean... Cash only, I like that. Yeah, Keep was, the government's hands off of it. Yeah, it was... They it, wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it was great, though. That was really fun. That's one of my favorite venues in town is Exit Inn. When it's packed out, it's incredible. I mean, and I've seen some bigger bands that no yeah. one came to there. Yeah, that happens, too. Thing. Yeah. But the, one of the, the buzz shows are, that sell out, like, two days, those ones are yeah. awesome. It's just like a... Sea of people, and then there's like the second level. <laughs> like we saw Whitney there. That was great. Do you listen to Whitney? The band Whitney. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't listened to him, but I saw that they were playing there. You should, you should give him a go. That's one of my favorites. We've seen him twice, haven't we? Um, I didn't make it to one of them. I saw him at the Ryman. Yeah, with Phoenix. That was great. Oh, I did see. The Phoenix has been here within like the past six months or a year, right? That was the one, yeah. yeah. Right. That's cool. That was great. Yeah, th- there's something about Exit Inn where I feel like it's the, uh, the like the 70s rock club. 
everything that 70s rock and roll was, as soon as you walk in there, you're just like, oh, yeah, this is what it's supposed to be like. <laughs> and all the legendary people that have played there. It's crazy. I really like it. I've seen, um, I saw Randy and Mr. Leahy from Trailer Park Boys there. Aww. And I also saw uh, Bad, Bad, Not Good. Do you guys know them? I know of them, but I haven't. They're like a weird, jazzy band, but uh, Snoop Dogg actually sampled one of their songs. Oh, the song Lavender, cool. <laughs> the one where uh, Michael Rappaport played that clown and came out within the past year or so. Mm. But um, yeah, they were really good, and I've seen uh, Backup Planet. Do you guys know Backup Planet? They're mm-hmm. local, right? Yeah. They're a great fucking band if you haven't listened to them. Yeah. But they can fucking shred. They're like one-third funk, one-third prog, and then one-third just general classic rock. Okay. That was yeah, what I, I was I thinking. They're playing at um at the Basement East, I think, on March 2nd. Hmm. Go see them. <laughs> they have an amazing light show. Oh. Yeah, more bands are getting into the light show thing, and I'm really appreciative of that. Yeah. A little more effort into the visual thing. Like some people are going all out and doing like projections, and and our friends uh, who also do the Nashville Psych Alliance do the projector things, the liquid light shows. Silver cord cinema. Yeah, changes the whole game. It's like beautiful and interesting. They they're really in tune with the music when they're doing it too. So I don't know. It's you should see a show with silver cord cinema stuff. It's, it's so they're kind cool. of psychedelic? Yeah. Yeah. It's all liquid lights, so it's... That's badass. Like, you know the old projectors that people use in school? I feel like I might have seen a video of this on Facebook of them doing this. Maybe. Probably. Yeah. They have the plates and they're moving them around and it's spinning like them. and plates and all kinds of stuff. It's really neat. There's so much going on here. Like, <laughs> yeah. what a, what a, like, yeah. it's so eclectic. There's something of everything in Nashville mm-hmm. for just rock and roll bands. There's at least one of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, if you want punk, if you want pop punk, if you want psychedelic, if you want soul, if you want blues, if you want garage rock from 1965, <laughs> like, have you been or uh, have you been to Honky Tonk Tuesday nights at the American Legion? Lord yes. That place is cool <laughs> as fuck. It reminds me of a Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, we did a Halloween show there with music band and Ron Gallo, and it was Ron Gallo was awesome. It was so great. He did like a whole Stooges set, and it, that's it, fucking cool. It was. Of course, he yeah. rips off his shirt and like it's, he hands out. I think he handed out fruit at that one. Yeah, apples. And- yeah, he likes to hand Everything out fruit sometimes. Yeah, I saw him play at uh, his record release show at the High Watt. Yeah, I was there too. Yeah, filming the sleeves open there too. Yeah, I got a shout out at that one. I felt I felt so good about myself. <laughs> LG was just messing with me. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, she you were she shouted you out. Yes. Yeah, I was standing right there. Uh, she was. Yeah. <laughs> shout out. She's funny. Yeah, I'd say he's like one of the bands I I see really coming out of Nashville soon. I heard him. Uh, I heard uh, young lady you're scaring me at Zaxby's over the summer when I was there. Yeah. So he's made it. Yeah. Crazy. If your music's getting played at Zaxby's, you're next level. Listen yeah. to punk music and eat that sweet sweet chicken. Good stuff. I've never been to Zaxby's. <gasps> what? Is that a southern thing? 
I don't know. Is it? I don't know if it's a southern thing, but it's throughout the south. I mean, so it's, it's fried chicken, but like strips, and they have a lot of good sauces. Maybe we uh, should just go there after this. Go to Zaxby's. Yeah, <laughs> get the birthday cake shake. Yeah. You will drink yeah. your calories for the rest of the year. You won't be able to eat anything else after you oh, drink it's it. It's so good. It's Why really it good. So good. That's one thing about the South that's interesting to me is that. Uh, no one ever really told me about calories or fat or that fast food is not as good as steamed vegetables. Like, your body processes it differently and uh -huh. it has a different effect on you. I mean, that seems like common sense, but when you're a kid and no one tells you that, you just... You don't know. It's a huge problem. It's a huge problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got to start treating ourselves better. Do you, yeah. do you guys have any New Year's resolutions? Oh. Uh, I need to be healthier, for sure. I got a bike for my birthday. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm still... It's my mom's bike from college, and she got it refurbished for me. So. That's pretty badass. Yeah, it's great. Gary bikes all the time. Yeah. I I hit the greenway pretty hard in the summer. It's been a minute, but... That's cool. Yeah. It's so cold right now, though. It's uh, cold as fuck. I've got, I've got Under Armour gear, but... Going out there when it's 20 degrees is still pretty miserable. Yeah. I didn't know it got this. When I, when I first came down here for my first Tennessee winter, I was like, fuck this. I moved down from Maine. I thought it was supposed to be warm. Oh, yeah. I thought it was supposed to be warm in the winter. It gets legitimately cold here some days. It doesn't yeah. last. Yeah. But it gets fucking cold here. Well, you usually get a week of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the tough part, though, because, like, why would you invest in a huge parka when you're going to use it one week out of the year, so you just have to struggle through with these shitty coats that you have. <laughs> this is not warm enough at all. I'm Luckily, I have all of my New England clothing uh, still. I'm jealous. able to stay warm. Yeah. Do you have any union suits? <laughs> any union suits? No, I don't, have, I don't have any union suits. My dad was actually in, uh, in a union, though. He used to be a shipyard builder. Um, and so basically you would build these battleships for the Navy. He retired from the Navy and then in order to work at this place, he had to join the union, but he would have to go out there when it was cold like that and like run all the electrical wire on the ship. It's just, I could never do that. My, That's why I moved. He was an electrician. Uh-huh. And he was, he had, uh, froze his fingers and his, and his toes and oh. just being out in the cold and unprepared for that that's miserable when you're working with wire you can't really wear gloves or, no know. oh damn that blows yeah. yeah did he lose any of them no he didn't but they still uh i don't know they're different they get cold <laughs> like really quick yeah i'm sure he uh yeah he he retired from he did that for like 30 years i think damn that's 30 winters Ugh. yeah in upstate New York, too. Yeah. It's cold as fuck up there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Was, is that bordering Vermont? Oh, uh, central. Central New York. Oh, okay. Like, uh, pretty much like the dead center of New York. There's a documentary about where he grew up. Oh, yeah. You should watch Brothers Keeper. <laughs> what is it? What is that? I don't it's, know if uh, I've heard of it. So I live in a very small town, or lived in a very small town called Munsville, and it probably had 600 people, maybe, and 
there were these really poor farmers, and they were all brothers, and they shared a house, and they were uneducated and super poor, and one of them uh, died one day, and they think that the brothers just put him out of his misery, so it's a documentary uh, based on that, on their trial and everything like that. Ooh, very interesting. It gives you a pretty good, pretty good <laughs> look at upstate New York, though. That sounds like a Jason Isbell song to me. <laughs> that whole, that whole yeah. plot, like the trial. Yeah. I would listen to that. Southern Gothic, weird. Well, I guess it's northern. Yeah, it's it's crazy there. there it's very similar to. Anyway the south really yeah yeah i feel like a lot of people don't uh don't know that about the rural parts of the the northeast is that when when you get inland or you get away from the cities it's yeah it's a fairly red and fairly conservative oh yeah i didn't know that until i watched that documentary really yeah huh i just yeah, assumed we were all no it's, shoved uh, down to the southern parts it's in the sticks for sure <laughs> Yeah. We made it to the big city. Look we, at us. We did. <laughs> yeah, this definitely, when I first moved here, I was so disoriented <laughs> because I never, I've been in, in a city before, but never to, to actually live. You know, I'd always just gone to city for the day, growing up two, two hours from Boston, like we would go down to Boston oh, yeah. for the day or something like that. But coming down here, I remember the first day that I got off the bus to go to my job downtown, I was just like, whoa, <laughs> I looking at all those buildings, looking at the Batman building, I was like, Walking by the Ryman, oh, yeah. like my first morning on my way to work. Oh, but fun. yeah, it was just very um, disorienting. I wasn't expecting it to be so overwhelmed by all the lights and the sounds. I wasn't used to it. I always thought that too, but uh, one of my best friends is uh, she's visited New York City like a ton of times, and she's like, "This is not really a city, you know." Nashville. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even go to the city part. You just, like, look at it, and then sometimes... Yeah. Drive, Drive around it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the loop around the city that takes you anywhere in the city. Yeah. Really it helps scenic. me stay, know where I'm at, on Browley, because I don't know. I'm really bad at directions still. I don't know how people got around before GPS. I really don't understand. Isn't that crazy to think about? Like, right. finding a place for the first time before you get there? Yeah. A house, at especially. A God. I used to have a Rand McNally in my trunk. I just carry it everywhere. What's that? It's a map. Oh. Like, a map like an atlas? A, yeah, a big atlas on yeah. a spiral, and it's got every state and every city. Oh, wow. That's how, even when, like I said, I went to Bonnaroo in 2004, we just had road maps. We didn't have any of any of that, you get like MapQuest printouts from the last city before, from Nashville <laughs> to Bonnaroo, you know. Um, mm. It was crazy, you know. You just like, take whatever road, there's no suggested routes. It's like, it could take you a little longer than... And you don't know if you're picking the long way around. Yeah, no like idea. if there's some kind of thing that happens there on Tuesdays yeah. where you're driving through where you're going to be backed up for four hours. <laughs> I don't know, I found some pretty cool overpasses and weird weird roads, old back roads just ended up on because I didn't know. You look at the map and it's like, that road definitely gets you from there to there, so that's take cool. it. I'm so, really glad we don't have to do that anymore, though. 
what do you guys have planned for 2018 uh, besides the shows? Is there any upcoming releases or anything like that that you have that you can talk about? Uh, we have a few in the works, but I guess the one that we could definitely talk about is Microwave Mountain. Um, I don't know if you've heard them yet, but that's like, they don't really put a lot of their music online. Do they? They've put that last one online Shades finally. Yeah. Bandcamp. I don't know if it's on Spotify, though. It's so good. Um, but yeah, we're putting out a cassette with them in the spring. Yeah, I think he wants to do it 420. <laughs> All right. Yay. Marijuana thing again. <laughs> 420, what's that? <laughs> I don't know. Some kind of weird. It's a date in April. April. April? Yeah. <laughs> I love that month. Well, we should celebrate 420 and 520. <laughs> right. yeah. It's my wife's birthday, so I usually celebrate anyway. Oh, 420 or 520? Both. <laughs> Perfect, yeah. There you go. Her birthday is 520. Oh. 520? And my, actually, my youngest kid's birthday is 520 as well. Wow. I forgot about that. That's crazy. So we celebrate 420 and 520. <laughs> now now you have even, even more reason to. April 20th. Microwave Ma <laughs> Put it in your calendars. Maple. <laughs> your cold lunch calendars. Cold lunch calendars. So where can people uh, people go to find those cold lunch? You said on, on, website. Website. on the website. We'll have them. Uh, we should have them by our next show the, on the 6th. Fantastic. Awesome. You can get your uh, Sad Baxter 7 inches there too. Yes, they just released it for Baby... That's the name of the name yeah. of it? Yeah. Backed with, what is the other song? Sliver. Awesome. Great. It's really good. Well, hey, I appreciate you guys uh, coming on today. Um, I really appreciate what you're doing for the, uh, the community. Um, check out Cold Lunch Recordings um, on various uh, forms of social media. It's all over the place. All over them. And also, shout out to, uh, to DZ. It was just in a house fire. They got a Kickstarter going for her. Uh, I'll have that when I put this up. I'll also share that. So keep the dream alive. <laughs> Yay!